and, and while she's gone, I'll be oh God, uh, administering another session of uh, relaxing asthma. Good. Uh, so, some asthma. For so my asthma, my asthma, um, it it has to deal with metal music, and I just learned that metal music is sinful. Turns out, really? No. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everyone. You are joining me, Derek Chilton, Tom Mangione, and the future Megan Mangione. <laughs> hey, it's Tom. Hey, it's Megan. Yeah. <laughs> and you are joining us as we are sipping on the nectar of God and talking about God here on Theo Bourbon. <laughs> as always, Tom Slurp. has to make his ASMR slurp. Some relaxing asthma. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the bourbon that I am drinking, by the way, is what I drank last week, which is Wathen's Kentucky bourbon. It is single barrel. And hopefully next time I'll be able to have some of one of my other favorite bourbons that's really cheap. So if you are looking for a bourbon that um, is a little bit less of um, a little less pricey, um, but also has some really good taste. 100 proof Bardstown bourbon. Hmm. Very, very tasty. So. Yeah, and I'm just drinking some Jim Beam. It's it's simple. It's tasty. Like a little bitch. It's it's <laughs> delicious. So you can shut up. So I have to say that Jim Beam. I respect Jim Beam because they do produce Old Granddad, which is my favorite. They sure but, do. Just saying. Yeah, yeah, Derek. Yeah, Derek. Got something to say? No. Let me enjoy my brown liquor. Thank you very much. <laughs> Welcome back. We love all of you, and even to those who gave us the two star and the one star. <laughs> we love you. We're opening with that. <laughs> we did get another five star review. I don't know if you noticed. We are hey. back to a four star. Uh, overall rating. I wonder and if it's I, because of your tweet. I, I'm telling you. I think the more we tell people, people don't like us the more they're going to come and hang out and actually find that they like us. <laughs> or they at least want to see if they can find something to be mad at us about, I mean, right? if we there have just, go. like, ridiculous numbers of haters, we've still succeeded. Yeah. We're, I mean, we're starting okay. a conversation. Yeah, this, I did wanna, it's a measure of success. I did want to say, just because, you know, that, I don't know, little evangelical Derek that can never seem to escape my mind, just wanted to say that we like to have fun here on Theo Bourbon. Yeah. We... Speak out of our experiences. And, and out we, of our asses. And out of our asses, which probably more that than anything. They're but like one in the same. One in the same. But anyway, um, whenever we do say something, you know, kind of uncoy. Uncouth? That, uncouth. Uncouth. Both. When we're not being coy by being uncouth. Um <laughs> <laughs> We are not trying to be, we are not trying to be the things that have brought us trauma. We are not trying to be the same things. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. Nietzsche, if you stare long enough into the abyss, the abyss will stare back. Yep. We're not trying to look so far into our trauma that we become traumatizers. Hmm. So, um, for those of you who listened and heard some of the things that we've said about Calvinism or, you know, about Reformation and all that kind of stuff, we do apologize if it hurt, but we don't apologize for the fact that we went through what we went through 
And those are just some of the things that we got from it. Yeah. It's like, we, we don't, we, if you, if you think the things that we disagree with, it's not that we hate you, but we think that believing such things is going to hurt you. And it, yes. def- and it certainly has hurt other people, ourselves included. Yes. So, uh, this, this is not us calling you out, but we're absolutely calling out what you may think as being harmful. And that's a thing to really examine if that's a thing that you want to have as part of your belief system, if it really hurts people like that. And is it really yes. of God if it hurts people like that? Exactly. And that's one of those things where, like, I actually really do want to have some people of other belief systems on our podcast. Like, there are, like, me and Tom and me and Meg and Meg and Tom, we don't agree about all the same things. And that's a beautiful thing. Like that's we, fun. That's the point. Yeah. That's why it's fun. It's, it's, <laughs> it is extremely, um, like, that's just the body of Christ. Like, unity doesn't mean that we all believe the same things. It means that we unify under the same thing, which is the love of Christ. Like that's unity. Um, so anyway, all of that to say that kind of shifts us into what we're going to talk about. Um, when it comes to what systematically and personally the ultimate traumatizer the ultimate... <clears throat> I heard a cat. Was that I our cat or your too. cat? I... Probably y'all's cat. Uh, Murphy, what, what is he you, doing? What are you doing, Murphy? <laughs> Murphy? He stole Tom's like uh, engagement band that he has and was yep. kicking it around the room. We had to look for it. Bob the tomato has caught you sinning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I miss veggie tales. Those <laughs> were good. And you know that God's word is for everyone. Good stuff. <laughs> Can we talk about how Qwerty was the best character on VeggieTales? It was yeah, Qwerty was just so much joy from Qwerty, you know. Do you guys remember the Chocolate Bunny episode? That's the only one oh, I can absolutely. remember. It's one Nebby of the best. K. Oh my god! How could I forget? Oh my god! How could you forget? I don't want no pickles. I don't want yes. no bunny. I just want a plate on a bucket of bunny. I don't want a tissue when my nose is runny. I just want a plate on a bucket. Of... Like that was my Incredible. that was my jam. Yes. Anyway. Okay, back to what we were going to talk about today. The ultimate traumatizer, the ultimate pandemic. Uh, uh, um, (laughs) A plague on our society. A plague (laughs) on all of our houses. Tom. Slaughter slaughter the lamb. Slap the blood on the doorpost. You'll be okay. That's all it takes. What (laughs) is sin? What is sin? Man, that is it's, what, it's one, one of my favorite activities. Um, I, do, I do it often. <laughs> Number one hobby. And, and now, and now that we've gotten that out, out of uh, our system, so I've gotten that out of my system. Y- y'all can each have one blasphemous sin moment over the course oh of the podcast. God. I think that's okay. But yeah, as long um, as we, as long as there's only one blasphemy and five heresies, we haven't, we haven't gotten to okay, the point. That's our limit. That's the limit. Okay. B- beyond that, uh, Apple take down the podcast because we've done it yeah. too far. Yeah. Exactly. And we'll be featured on Desiring God. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I just want to get farewelled by John Piper. That's all I've oh, ever wanted. It is my dream. Uh, farewell, Tom Angioni. Goodbye. <laughs> I, don't I, mean, know, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> I'm going to be very honest Megan's with you. Megan's too busy being <laughs> Catholic right now. <laughs> Preoccupied. Oh, hey. 
We'll evangelical explain it to you later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that reminds me. I would like to bring Hannah on the podcast in the future because she said she yes. won't mansplain things to me. <laughs> I saw that tweet. Yes. Hello, Hannah. I love you. That sounds great. Yeah, we yeah we can totally do it like a group FaceTime. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it'd be great. That'd be really awesome. Which, by the way, I was thinking about this listening to our last couple podcasts. We are doing this over FaceTime. So those of you who are worried that the three of us are in the same space, we are not. Oh, we are yeah, not. I forgot. Yeah. At least, well, Tom and Meg are because you all are quarantining in together. But Heck yeah. Um, for those of you who are worried, maybe you weren't worried at all. Maybe you all don't care. It's fine. Um, <laughs> anyway, Tom, yes. let's get to it. Um, we're going to talk about what sin has come to be believed as, what it actually is, according to us, mm-hmm. and what we can do to subvert the lies about sin, which is kind of an oxymoron, but um, not an oxymoron. It's a irony. Um, and what we can do to just like subvert the lies about sin where it's used systematically as, you know, a way to oppress people and, So something really fun is that there's no Bible verse that says sin is this and just defines it. Uh, It uses it. uh, It uses the term sin often and sin has been defined by different cultures of Christianity, different religions uh, as meaning different things. Uh, And it's interesting. I was just looking uh, up, like, what is the Catholic definition of sin? Different traditions, definition of sin. And many of them are just ridiculously, ridiculously uh, detailed. Um, mm-hmm. because it's really, really hard to just get a really simplistic answer to it. And therefore, I'm going to do that right now. Uh, <laughs> we're going to sum this all up. Uh, and this is stealing this directly from Rob Bell, who I like. Derek's cat it's misty. ran across the street. Is it, oh, misty. Yep. And now she's right standing on my computer too. and her tail, her butt is in the camera. He's rubbing his face against the chair. He wants you to pet him. I, I really love Murphy, but Murphy's been really afraid of me recently. Okay. So I really He's letting you pet him right Murphy. now. You oh, have got good. to meet Murphy as soon as we're all allowed to see each other. Blake yes. met Murphy. Blake really liked Murphy. <gasps> yeah. Pissed. Our friend, our friend Blake, whom we love. We okay. love Blake. So, uh, but Rob Bell's definition of sin, which I think is, it's incredibly biblical. It's incredibly, um, who's Rob Bell, Rob Bell. He's a theologian who's known for having more radical views than many people within evangelicalism and for kind of taking back the term evangelical to be more, mm-hmm. uh, tolerant to people of different traditions and different faiths and all yep. that. He's in many ways rejected from mainstream, mainstream evangelicalism. But he's very much a part of the progressive Christian thing before that was even like a thing that we had names for. Yeah. He was kind of the co-author of the Emergent Church. That's a whole, that's a whole movement. Okay. Which is a they whole movement. I've never heard of that. Of haters say it failed. Haters say it failed. Only haters. Only those haters. Okay. But his definition, and I think it's one that honestly most people can agree with, is that sin is a disruption of shalom. Yes. God's will for the world now and forever is for perfect peace and harmony and love between people and the world and all that. It is any disruption in that harmony. Mm. Yes. And that is, um, it's, that is very common 
a thought throughout the entireness of the Bible. Um, the entirety? Wow. There you go. Of a word. <laughs> you found uh, it. Yeah, you found we it. We made you our way there. there. I just George Bushed. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but one of the things that I was just kind of looking up, um, I did the same type of word study for the word worship um, and how the word worship shows up so many times in the English Bible, but in the Hebrew and the Greek put together, there is almost 112 different words that the English translators made one word. Hmm. And how worship, and this is a whole other podcast that we can do, but um, there's an extreme disservice in doing that. Yeah. And the same thing has been done with sin. So um, in the Old Testament, um, sin has been used for six different nouns and three different verbs. And then in the New Testament, um, let me see if I can find it. In the New Testament, I think it's even more than that. Um, But anyway, it's just one of those things where the Bible does a disservice to us in translating, not incorrectly, so to speak, but translating in a very lazy way. Um, when you have so many different things that go into this one word, and then in turn, people, the common Christian, um, that, you know, those, I just take what the Bible says and I run with it type people, they don't actually know what they're, you know? And so, um, with that, um, what can we do, Tom? I really want to dig into, um, what... One of my favorite early church fathers says about sin, because I think it's one of the most comprehensive and best um, definitions, but how can we help people to see the word sin and not think the cultural, churchy, the way, like, when a normal layperson hears the word sin, how can we not, how can we help them understand what it is? Well, I think having a more ecumenical and expansive definition of sin really helps. Like, first off, Megan, if I were to ask you, are some sins worse than others, what would you say? Yes. Not everyone would even say that. There, there are many people, like, in the Reformed tradition and all that, mansplaining sin, here we go. Um, <laughs> but uh, having, a, having a great time. But there are many people, like, I grew up with many people who would say that no sin is different from another because all of them are equally damning. What about mortal sin? Is that not a thing? That's only a thing in Catholicism. And mm-hmm. is it also in Orthodox traditions as well? You'd know better than uh, I haven't. I haven't done research on that. Like it might be used ad, like adjectively without it being like um, yeah. as much a doctrinal term. But I would say that the Eastern Orthodox Church probably goes a little bit more on the side of what the early church fathers would have said rather than the Catholic, the Catholic like, people. Catholic, yeah. The, the Catholics. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, technically, I didn't say the wrong word. You didn't? You didn't? So. Oh, you're fine. Um, I was just Emphasis busting chops away. on the right syllable. Emphasis. But, um, yeah, so I think acknowledging that saying that all sins are the same kind of destroys the fact that there are some things that are way worse to do than other things. <laughs> and, yep. like, like, there's a difference... Uh, between 
getting mad and raising your voice at someone and like killing someone. Like I think and acknowledging that and just acknowledging that from a very human sense without even bringing in and kind of allowing that to inform that theology just kind of allows us to acknowledge that sin is an expansive thing and sin isn't just, you can't easily just explain it away saying it's doing what God says not to, because it's, it's just, it's such a, it's so much bigger than that. Uh, mm-hmm. And and also just by, I think when we were talking about revelation and personal revelation and special revelation um, <coughs> last time, yep. like I think some people will take that definition of it's what God tells us not to do mm-hmm. and twist that and weaponize that against people and say, yep. Hey, I believe that God doesn't want you to do this. Therefore what you're doing is bad. So stop doing it. Yep. And I think if we take that, that shalom definition, disruption of shalom, I think you're just, we're just kind of asking, all right, is this thing a disruption of peace and love and harmony between people? If the answer is yes, then we can classify it as sinful. Mm-hmm. And if the answer isn't yes, and or if the answer we're not really sure about, I think that's the thing we need to look into further and look into yeah. our relationships with ourselves, with other people, with God, our spirituality, uh, and start discerning things from there, uh, which mm-hmm. sounded very evangelical of me to put it that way. Um, but I think that's a really great start for people. Yeah, up, Megan? Megan? I just want to jump in because obviously, as usual, we learned this a completely different way. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So for us, they really taught us... Um, that like sin is something that's going to hurt your relationship with God, which means it's going to mm-hmm. hurt you. And that makes God sad because he loves you. And so like, it wasn't really about, I don't know. It actually, it wasn't <laughs> painted in the same way. It was more like, you shouldn't do this because you love yourself and because God loves you and he doesn't want that. Not because yeah. it's like, you're going to get in trouble for it. It's more like it's in your best interest to yeah. not do this at the end of the and day. Cause you'll be happier. That, yeah. That, and it's that is swindler. one of the, yeah. <laughs> no, that's, and that's honestly in my journey of coming out of kind of that systematic, um, you suck and you deserve hell even if you've only committed one sin in your life type. Oh, very used to that one. That's yeah. Thing. So, um, just yep, coming from that, common, babe. So sorry. That, I wish you guys could see my face Megan during some of these horrified <laughs> look on her face when we said, right. that. <laughs> so, um, one of the first things that I really like, and honestly, this is what everyone does. And I know it's going to sound like I'm picky and choosy and I'm really not trying to be, it's just what I found to be true. Um, I chose, to believe in the the truth that I would absolutely preach to everyone that I know is God loves us more than he hates sin. Therefore, God only hates sin because it hurts us. And he loves us so much that he would hate what hurts us. Boom. And so That's so good. Isn't that so good? That is so good. <laughs> Sorry, Murphy. I love just, that. It did scare the cat. Um, <laughs> but the emphasis was uh, was necessary. It was on the right syllable. <laughs> but um, and that's but and that's kind of what what led me to kind of where I am now. Where instead of believing in this complete and total detrimental, self-deprecating <laughs> view of myself, instead I find that healthy belief that yes there's a piece of God in me that God wants to sustain. And that's his image. He wants to sustain his image within me. Mm-hmm. So anything that hurts that image, like you were talking about, Tom, um, anything that goes against that inner peace, that inner shalom, that 
inner and outer both at the same time. I like how you're relating that shalom as being not only this external force, but as something that's internal as well. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's, that's important to talk about. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking about that, but that's awesome. Yeah, and, and it goes to those two verses that I think I quote in every single podcast that we do, do it. which is love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love others with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love others as yourself, as who you are. And so if loving God is loving that innate peace of God that is in you, as well as loving the external, physical, spiritual God, and all of those things are interwoven within each other, then that means that when you're doing something sinful, it is essentially you are rejecting and you are in the act of rejecting the goodness that is within you and the goodness of God and the goodness of others. Because that's that shalom that we're talking about, that the goodness of all things together. Mm. And so, um, which is like it, we all end up at the same place, whether you are reformed starting out at the self deprecating part or you're more in line with what we're talking about, which is believing in your inner goodness. We all end up at the same place, but we all start from a different place, which is very interesting, which I think that's where the unity of the love of Christ comes because we can all end up in that same place of loving each other and loving neighbor. It's just that we start off at different places. You yeah. know what I mean? So that's something that we can kind of unify under. But um, I think that's, that's really significant. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it. It's when you change that perception about things and you don't lose the gospel, you know? Hmm. Um, So you never lose that, like what a lot of people would say about um, what we believe, Tom, like that more progressive um, kind of theology where I like to consider myself a progressive but also really wants to hang on to kind of like Eastern – theology but also wants to hang on to like the freedom of protestantism but also wants to like just blend all this crap together um very american very hot dog very hot very dog sausage we love it very sausage whatever um i like to think bologna Bolo- good i really like bologna what's and bologna folded, made of so everything bologna bologna is basically a flat hot dog oh i didn't know that oh yeah you didn't know that <laughs> i love bologna too i just have no <laughs> idea what was in it to be honest I, i'm gonna find a picture of like uh, like an uncut bologna. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically a really thick hot dog. Gonna make your search history look a little weird. Yeah, but, but look at it. It's just a big hot dog. Oh, God. Oh, that's kind of gross. <laughs> it's just a big hot dog. Oh, it says it's baby bologna. <laughs> baby bologna. The bologna made, made of... Never mind. This is kind of shattering um, my worldview. Wow. I did okay. not know that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway, where we were as the bologna, the theological bologna that I'm throwing at you all. Um, I loved it. That was a great it's a, it's 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 so it's so punny um, <laughs> that basically a lot of people can accuse progressive theology as losing sin and saying that sin doesn't exist. You can basically do whatever you want, and God will still love you. Like that's what was beaten into our heads um, while we were kind of finding these things. But the reality is, we just look at sin so much differently. It still exists, and it's still a thing. But we think that it has kind of like, um, I don't remember if you said the other thing that Rob Bell, Rob Bell said, but um, it is more of a powerful word to us now than it was then. Yeah, I honestly think I have a higher view of sin than I used to. Um, like, Not higher as in you hold sin higher than other things, but like a more. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's bigger. It's uh, robust. Yeah, it's, it's more robust. True. Yeah. 
like um I saw uh, another progressive Christian uh, Twitter person. Uh, she tweeted, like, what if taking every thought captive wasn't about making sure you weren't thinking sexual thoughts? So what if it was actually about taking every thought that you had and making sure that you weren't thinking in patterns that were systemically racist or misogynistic uh, and just that making sure that you are cleansing yourself from all of these issues that face our world today? Mm. Um, and, like... Seeing it not as just like, it's not like Christianity is the thing that makes you a good person because there are plenty of good people who aren't Christian. This is yeah. taking our faith and using it as um, even more reason and even more power for us to want to fight uh, just the evils that are in this world right now. Uh, yeah. and, and instead of it just being a thing to make you want to be a better person or something, it's like this is a thing we can all unite around to fight some of the worst things in our world today, yeah. um, especially in America, like racism, like, like misogyny and all that. Yeah. 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 And I think, um, that it's, it's really good to hit on that because that kind of goes, flows into what, um, this morning as I was reading, um, and the book that I'm reading, um, Gregory of Nyssa is quoted. Um, and he basically, is talking about how he starts in Genesis and he talks about um, how God God made man for the purpose of sharing in God's own goodness. So it's a sharing. It's not just a gift. It's actually a like taking a piece of himself, disattaching it from himself, and then attaching it to us and then staying attached. So it's like if I were to cut my hand off and sew it to your nub of a hand, Tom... Like we are sharing an arm now. That's the weirdest. Sorry, I mean, I've had some, I've had some bourbon that today. Um, <laughs> that that image just really affected me in a way that I'm still uh, processing. Ooh, yeah, that was really something. Yeah. But so yeah, you're, 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 but you ain't wrong. Yeah, and so like process that and the you know the the goriness. That's the only word I could think of. The extremity of that allegory. Like let that sink in. And know that that's just how much of a piece of God that we have. It's an extension of himself. And so when, so the way that Gregory of Nyssa was um, talking about this, he was talking about how if that's true, that God is sharing in his own goodness, that the existence of evil, which sin, what we're talking about, whether that be wickedness or systemic issues or personal issues like addictions and all that kind of stuff, which is a whole other conversation about addiction being a choice or a disease and all that kind of stuff. Um, but like actual sinful, abusive, traumatizing things that those have do not have their origin in the divine will of sharing goodness. And so he starts to talk about how like where sin comes from and why we sin and um, how that came to being. Cause it's like, well, if it didn't come from God, who did it come from? And he talks a lot about how evil doesn't have any being. Like, it's non-existent. Evil does not have substance. Yep. Um, simply because God is so good, something like that cannot exist in the will of God for what he has created. And so um, it, evil is the absence of what is good. Ebsen, um, evil is the, is the absence of goodness. Evil is the absence of that nature that God has already brought about in us. So he talks about where does sin come from? 
and he, he, I'm paraphrasing, but he says, man is like a rock that is broken off from a mountain and is carried down by its own weight. That weight is our free will. And so basically we take ourselves out of the goodness of God because we have free will because we are made in the image of God. And the knowledge that you just uh, called God mountain there and that, uh, Hey, good memories. Cause my fear <laughs> the sea. <laughs> um, anyway, what is it? Four, four, three, eight. Uh, four, three, eight. Yeah. Four, three, eight. Um, four, three, eight. Four, three, eight. But anyway, to kind of wrap up what I was saying, like, um, if free will is in the goodness of God, then that means that when we use our free will to go away from the goodness of God, that is what sin is. Um, so sin is the act of rejecting goodness. And when we say goodness, like love and good are mutually the same essence. So we're talk- yep. when we're talking about that, um, love is goodness. So what I have come to kind of terms with in that and just reading that and, and dissecting kind of my own theology and my life and experience Love is the opposite of sin. And sin is prioritizing self over love. Whether that be mm. you're priori- prioritizing yourself in a systemic way. So voting or causing a systematic thing that makes your life easier but someone else's life harder. Yep. That that is sinful. I love that. The act of rejecting the shalom between you and someone else by way of claiming your own right is sinful. Yeah. That's awesome. So not to get political, but like it, it Too late. works We're there. there. We're there. Too late. We're already we made it there. But, um, <laughs> so basically all of that wrapped up. Sin is in its nature the opposite of loving, which is abuse. Yep. Sin is abuse. That's at least where I've come to. Like, what do y'all, what do y'all think of, of that? Do you want to expound upon that? You want me to go first? Yeah. Um, oh, I loved that. Uh, and I think that's just, I don't know. That's kind of similar to what I've been taught and what I believe. Um, and like, it's nothing new. It, right. And it's <laughs> like, like at the end of the, I said is new. Right. It's and just... at the end of the day, it's kind of like you're only hurting yourself, which I think is a good way to look at it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and it should be your motivation instead of being afraid of something bad. It should be that you want good things. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think we can turn it into something positive instead of like living in fear of doing something wrong or getting in trouble. Like it's, it's not like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's not like God's like your angry parent that and you're going to get grounded. Like, you know what I mean? Which is what a lot of people believe. <laughs> right. And that's kind of how people <laughs> look at it, but it's, it's the opposite. It should be that you love yourself and that you love God and that you want to have like this, inner peace and happiness. So you want to choose things that are good for you and good for your relationship with God and good for Mm -hmm. the people around you because like it's a, it's a positive thing and a fulfilling thing to feel that unity and that love for Mm -hmm. your communities and for the world you live in. So I don't know. I just, I feel like, I feel like thinking of it like that. I don't know. I think that can be really helpful. And what was the the thing you're telling me about like the only good act is one that like oh that was in my yeah that was from oh the gosh, first yeah. podcast yeah that's yeah. in the first one yeah but wait, I think we got to bring it back about how the only truly good act is to do something good that doesn't feel good to do 
Yeah, and, and I think that that has everything to do with when we were talking about choosing self over love. If you're, if, I mean, if, if you're doing something that's good, that it's truly benefiting yourself more than other people, you might mm-hmm. need to examine the goodness of that thing. And yeah. just because something might not feel great in that exact moment doesn't mean it's not really good for you and going to make you happier in the long run. Yeah. I, I mean, it, is thing. that not... Is that not the entire sacrifice of Jesus? Right, yeah. exactly. Greater love has no man than this than to lay down his life for his friend. You know, that's yeah. uh, that, That's one of our definitions of that Christ-like love. I mean, when, I mean, it, it drives me crazy uh, how much in the evangelical world everyone's obsessed with um, just like and, and almost the overuse to the point of taking and taking the name in vain of. Christ likeness of God likeness. I just want to be mm-hmm. godly. I want to be Christ like. All these things, you know. And they think that that's behavior management. They don't think that yeah. that's treating people right. That basically, that's as long as I don't do this, it's, then it, I'm Christ. That is so much less to do with not singing, more to do with this is how we are going to live our lives. Mm-hmm. Every day, I want to choose. I want to choose Megan over me. I want to choose um, our family that we want to build over me. Uh, and, and I think that if I do that, then my life will be better at the end of the day as mm-hmm. well, you know, and, and saying that even if some of those decisions are hard, um, it, it's still going to be something that is best for all of us because we believe that is truly within the will of God. And that's the point. That's that is beautiful. The will of God. Yes. Yes. And that's, you know, um, and I think that's that's kind of the crux of what the Christian life is, is that the Christian life is not, and it it should not be dominated by the shame of sin, that the pursuit of holiness is not behavior management, but it's the acceptance and the action of goodness and love. There it is. Exactly. And so like, I mean, that was the nature of Christ. That was why he was without sin is because he embodied the perfection of goodness for everyone. Jesus never did an abusive thing ever. And it wasn't about him not doing these individual sins. It was about him never living in a way that was sinful. Perfect. That's exactly it. And it has nothing to do with specific actions. And so, um, and I think also like he wasn't, he didn't come and walk around and condemn everyone, right? It was the opposite. No. It was like, hey, let me show yes. you a better way of life. She literally said that. Yeah. I have not come to condemn the world. Yeah. I've come to give it life and life more abundantly. And so, like, and, and you know, I think about the verse, um, he became sin that knew not sin. And so he did not know what it meant to be abusive to someone. Hmm. He had no idea what that was because he never did it but he placed himself under the extremity of human abusiveness he Mm. became sin by being at the absolute highest state of abuse by dying for us and so that's like the most instrumental and detrimental reality of sin is death. So therefore Jesus put himself under that so that we did not have to experience, not experience because we experience it every day, but we did not have to be underneath 
that anymore and we could know a life that is full of goodness full of that shalom for not only ourselves but for other people because that is who jesus was and he chose to be the complete opposite of that yeah that hit the nail right in the head right there yeah you did that was awesome that was really really good that was really good (laughs) (laughs) and so i think um if we could just come to terms with what that actually means we wouldn't have this we wouldn't have a problem sharing the gospel because people would look at our lives and they wouldn't say i want nothing to do with that instead they would say how could these people love me so much and that's what jesus was getting at when he was saying people will hate you because they hated me first people will hate the goodness of your actions if you're actually being good to them because they do not deserve it as like, just as we don't deserve it. Right. Like, I'm exactly. reminded of um, when I was uh, when I was chilling out with Grace Point. Shout out Grace Point, Nashville. They rock. Hey, they're great. Um, so I was so we were talking about the concept of what what does sharing your faith mean in this context. She, she she'll be back soon. Um, <laughs> but we were talking about yeah what what is the concept of of sharing your faith, uh, mm-hmm. and and they're saying it's not us coming and telling people that the things they're doing are wrong. No. It's not us going uh, and trying to convince people to shift their entire belief system into something different. It is sharing the way that we see the world and what it has done for us as people in terms of our personal and spiritual growth. Mm. Uh, and it is inviting others if they'd like to experience it with us. And even if they don't want to, just that they would see that that God is good and God has been yeah. good in us and to us and um, and I think it's something we were talking about about um, have we have we talked about uh, how how terrified uh, we used to be of hell and how that no. incredibly formed our <laughs> theology. I think we should definitely do a separate podcast on just yes. what hell is. Uh, and and I think we can talk about different ecumenical, um, yeah. Just like what different people see hell as. But at the end of the day, yes. If we are just evangelizing people to get them to stop sinning and not go to hell, this whole sin management gospel makes sense. Because yep. if you can keep people out of hell, you've done your job. It's we're saying what? that this is that. I mean, you, you can you can live in hell on earth. You can mm-hmm. you you can live a life that is like that is abusive. That is evil and 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 yeah. that's what that's the hell that now i want to save people from not or i want to share things that so they can be saved from it mm-hmm. not not some eternal thing but more just like no one deserves to live a life in which you are separated from love and goodness yeah. and if we can help bring people into more loving more just more good more kind existence i think that's the salvation that people can experience in God. And I think that's yeah. the whole point of this more progressive look at the gospel. It's mm-hmm. not discounting the gospel, it's not discounting life. In fact, we're just elevating your life on earth to be important, impactful, not just a place where you make a decision to send right. less and then you die and go to heaven to go to, Bu- to, go to a Beulah land. That's not the point. <laughs> that's not what we're doing here. That song actually makes me cry every time I hear it. But... Um, Especially Aww. when uh, Derek, what what's her nuts? Uh, Allison Krauss when she sings it, holy crap! Um, you know who that is? That's the Baptist in me. But uh, no, that's exactly right. And I think 
the important distinction to make um, for those that may be listening that are a little bit more on the, not the opposite side of where we're coming from, but on that side that is very sin hell heavy, which like that's a very generic way of saying it. Like I know there's more nuance to that, but that's the only way that it, just to get this point across, um, that what we're not saying is that salvation and love that doesn't mean that we are overly fluffy and it doesn't mean that we're like overly like free love, like new agey, like just do what you feel is right, man. Like not that, but because there has to be like a reaction to injustice, even at the minuscule level of you're, you're doing injustice to yourself. Yep. Right. That's why like, you know, my history as, the type of addict that I am. I don't want to say that over podcast, but like, um, I am absolutely abusing myself Hmm. and causing injustice to myself when I commit a particular sin that I struggle with. And it is precisely that it affects me the way that it does, why it is a sin. Hmm. And so, so it, it doesn't eliminate the need to call out injustice, whether that be, against a systemic group of people or systemic sin against a group of people or just a like sin against someone in particular. So like Tom, if you were self-deprecating yourself, I'd that slap never you. happened. Never happened before. But <laughs> have you noticed that you are being abusive to yourself when you do that? Mm. That's really good. This is something that <laughs> I've been talking to him about yeah, actually like a lot lately. Yeah, I mean, if we're going to be honest, it's been, it's been a weird couple of days uh, because I recently left uh, my job at the church I've been working at, which mm-hmm. is going to be helpful because we're moving soon to Cincinnati. But finding a job has been hard, and yeah. uh, I've been going. I've been flying between being very good and positive with myself and being very negative with myself. And mm-hmm. uh, Megan's been very encouraging to that. But seeing that that is that is me acting in an abusive way towards myself and not loving myself the way I'm supposed to is, um, I I think that lays things out very well, but I think it also shows that whether, when you're talking about addiction or we're talking about these kind of negative self practices, that there are also things that the whole point is that you are loved out of them. You are not, Mm -hmm. it's not, uh, you're not abused out of these practices. Shame is not a tool of God. Yep. And you know, that's a, that's a huge piece with where I am. Like, you know, when I was in that very spiritually abusive place, I had never been worse at my addiction in my life than I was when I was there. Now that I've gotten out of that place and I've started to believe these things, not only about myself, but about God and how God is a lot better than that dad who's holding a switch, just waiting for you to mess up. And he goes and picks the biggest switch that's about that big around and whips your behind every time you do something bad. Like that's, that's not the God that is in scripture. One, it is the God who humanity wanted, but it is not the God that they got through Jesus. And so, um, I mean, that is the gospel. It's not the God that we want. It's the God that is Jesus that we need. And so for me, at least, like, it was so good and such a revelation for me to know that sin is abuse, 
So therefore, I did not deserve my sin, even though that's what I was told my entire life. Somehow I deserved to be acted against. Somehow, somehow I deserved my abuse. But we don't. We don't deserve that. Yeah. And so um, kind of want to want to, I don't know how long we've gone. Like this has been such a good conversation. I don't even know where we are. Um, I'm curious. I'm Wow, we've gone for like 45-ish minutes. I'm not sure exact point where we're gonna punch in and get a little, <laughs> we a little conversation before we started. But yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I, at this point, I don't even care. I think this is such a good conversation and such conversation, such like rich. I think this will actually help people. Um, but one of the things that um, that started to do for me was it helped me to read the Bible better. To where when I saw sins listed, I recognized that every single one of them had to do with either oppressing yourself or oppressing others. Yep. So people like to cherry pick, especially, and I'm just going to bring it out, like people like to cherry pick about homosexuality, when in reality that word did not show up in the Bible until the 1900s. Yep. But in the verse that it is in... You read that those who are greedy, those who lie, those who are abusive, those who steal, those who do all of these things that are right next to it, all of those words have to do with an action against someone. They all have to do with abusing someone, abusing power. And so... um, that is why, like, I wrapped my head around this not only affirming theology, but this theology that says sin is only sin if it is abusive to yourself or to other people. Because, one, God cannot be abused because he's God. So when David says, I have sinned against you, God, and only you, like, one, you need to look at what Hebrew word he's using there. Hmm. Um, but because it's one of nine but um when he does say that it's not saying like god i have inflicted terror or inflicted something upon you it is one david raped bathsheba Hmm. so he committed an abuse that is why it was a sin so like that's why sin can be present in any sexual relationship if it takes the form of abuse, just because you're in a heterosexual relationship, if you are a husband and you demand sex from your from your wife when they don't want it and you force that upon her, that is sinful. Yeah. Like, um, I don't know if you saw the uh, like sexual refusal contract. Oh, that it was went awful. around Twitter. Like awful. Like I, I. It just it boggles the mind. That in some circles that's seen as common and that's seen as godly godly as holy that's it's horrific it's awful um that's why like we want to do what we're doing here tom um like we want to flesh this out in a way that says like sin can be present in anything but it can also be absent from anything So, like, 
the specificity of quote unquote sinful relationships, they're only sinful if the abuse is there. Hmm. And so that, I mean, that's a good. lot of people that's, will that's, say that's, that's, that's uh, a, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people, and you know, a lot of people that I know will say that's a wishy-washy of viewing scripture. It's a wishy-washy of viewing God, but like, I really don't think it is. I think it's just a better view of what we go through here. And it helps us to take us to where we should be when it, that shalom that you're talking about, like there should be shalom in everything because God is in everything. But when you take the goodness away, and goodness being love, when you take the love away, that's when sin is able to abound. And so... Um, Perfect love casts out all fear. And that's it. Like That's why sin can be present in any sex relationship. That's why sin can be present in any church. Like That's what Peter was getting yeah. at when he said, Shepherds, do not domineer over your flock. Yep. Do not abuse your flock. That's why sin can be present in ourselves when we don't practice self-care or abandon the things that harm us because the love of God within us is being denied for the sake of what hurts us. Hmm. And so, um, you know, I just I, – I, I have lived a holier life now when I recognize those things. Because now I have stopped believing that I deserve to be sinful because that's all I will ever be. Hmm. So for me, like, honestly, that's it. <laughs> I still think about um, Kevin Garcia talking about his own sanctification as being acknowledging and dealing with any internalized homophobia uh, mm. and him making himself more holy to some would be like, what's he doing? This sinful person or something but it was like, no, he is removing those places of fear of injustice and of abuse right. that are within him so that he can become a more just and more whole person. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, honestly, like, and I'm just going to say this cause I'm being honest, like, but if he takes all of that and turns it, into what I have, and I confess that I do this. That's the only reason that I can kind of see it in him. Like, and I, I love what he has to say, but you know, no one's perfect. And so if he takes all of that, but turns that into abusing others by saying, if they don't do the same thing that he does, that they're wrong. Because I've kind of seen that in some places. And this is not, to mean that I'm calling Kevin Garcia out, but it is to say like what we were take what we were talking about earlier. Like if I take my belief about sin now and I start to do what I'm very prone to do, which is cast abuse onto people that don't believe the same as me. Mm. I am making what I believe abusive and simple. I'm saying you, yeah, it's like, and we, we can also be loving in a spirit of true ecumenism. Yes. Humanism. I don't know how to say that word. I don't either. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, I, and the greatest example that I can think of um, with that idea 
is I listen to a podcast and I think I mention his name every podcast and he probably thinks I'm a stalker. I don't know. Do it. But, Say it. Um, Jonathan Martin our on the Zycast. Our boy. Our boy. <laughs> um, I just I just really look up to him. He actually I actually have had a um, a DM conversation with him, um, and he's helped me a lot. Uh, a, you can call him a friend now. He's definitely a friend. I, if you've I hope so. Yeah, you can call him. I a, hope your, so. Your good friend Jonathan Martin. Yeah. Um, but bicycle. anyway, I was listening to a podcast with him and one of the pastors at his church, the table mm-hmm. in Oklahoma City, and this pastor is a, a high church, high view of scripture, like theologically dense Baptist gay man. So someone that uh, others who listen to us would actually respect as opposed to us. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> but they would completely write him off as soon as he said the words, I am gay. Mm-hmm. Um, but he... Something to talk about right there. The The name of the podcast is... Um, lear- I think it's learning, including the people who have excluded you. And I think there's such a profound thing to that Nietzsche quote that we talked about, um, that if you stare long enough into the abyss, the abyss stares back. And what that means, if you stare long enough into the lies and the crazy, crappy theology that people have traumatized us with, then we will turn right back around and traumatize them with the same. Hmm. And in that way... Maybe our theology isn't sinful, but we are. And so that's kind of why I wanted to start off the podcast with kind of that quote-unquote apology, even though it wasn't really an apology. But, um, you know, just to say, like, we're not here to shove our beliefs down people's necks, just like we don't want other people to shove their reformism, Calvinism down our necks. And so all of that to say, with the Kevin Garcia quote that you had, I think that's brilliant and that's good and that's right but to then but, to say that any one view of these things is dogmatically right, and if you're not there, you are wrong and on the outside. Exactly. Is, I mean, really, I mean, all we're asking is that, like, with your beliefs, whether they're uh, Christian or otherwise, whether you're more traditional or not, it's it's wrong and it is sinful to hold beliefs and to hold practices that abuse other people. Yes. And that's something that. I think if you find it difficult to agree with that, it's really time to examine your beliefs. Yes. Megan, please comment. I hate just watching you. You're staring at Tom lovingly, and that's really cute. But like, I want to hear what you have to say, too. Um, so I'm, you know, yeah, there's lots of process. I obviously am coming at a lot of this from a very different perspective. Um, right. And honestly, some of it's hard for me to talk about, so. Hmm. No, I get that. Yeah. And you don't have to. That's um, I guess I would say, yeah, I mean, I think I agree with you that like, we don't want to force people to believe something that they don't, but also like what Tom was saying about if what you're believing is actively harming or oppressing groups of people, that's mm-hmm. not okay. And like, I don't think that, I don't think that that warrants respect in the same way. Cause it's no longer just an opinion. It's something that's really right. actively like harming and putting people's lives at risk and all of those things like in our opinion it would be sinful yeah and 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 yeah whatever that that i don't even remember what you called it um the like the sex whatever thing you have to sign basically that you're gonna yeah 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 what's it called it was it was uh, the one that we saw on twitter that was like uh yeah i just couldn't remember what it was called refusal contract or something like that yeah yeah 
Like I, that, I don't know. I mean, sure, I, I'd never seen that before. That's not something that was even within spheres we were in. Oh, yeah, I know. I just mean, yeah. like, I guess it's deeply upsetting to me because I'm a woman. Uh, and, yeah. and I think that that's where you kind of have to draw the line. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's very objectively wrong. Right. And so, um, so, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of all I have to say, other than that this is upsetting. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sorry that <laughs> those things exist. Like, honestly, like me and Tom can sit here as white men talking about all of these things. And then obviously, like we can form opinions and we can, you know, from the comfort of our homes and our couches and, you know, (laughs) nice microphones, our privilege and talk about these things and then completely forget about the people who are fighting injustice physically they're fighting injustice in all these ways. And like, all we can do is try to convince the people that have as much privilege as we do. Exactly. Um, Which is, that, I mean, that's huge. Right. Cause that is, I think, right. I think that's awesome. And, you know, I, I feel guilty every day <laughs> when I, I listen to like people like Shane Claiborne or Reverend Barber with, um, yeah. red letter, red letter Christians. And like, they're on the front line living in shacks and buses and stuff like, and they're doing the work that we just talk about, you know, and, um, you know, I think it's good maybe for the people that maybe we've grown up with Tom to, to hear these things and to give us one stars about it. But, um, <laughs> but you, also haters. like, like Meg, we, we have a severe apology to give you, you know, just as, you know, white privileged men to, to say like, we're sorry. And, you know, I, um, I need to say that to my wife sometimes and, and, you know, just, just to, to recognize that we are maybe not complicit because we, we notice it and we want to change it, but maybe we still have things to learn about the systematic abuse and the systematic sin that we're a part of. And I think it just, it just enough is enough. Right. And it just adds like a layer of, of complication to all of this to, I mean, to my relationship, right. With religion and to Mm -hmm. anyone who's in basically any other group. Um, because like there are some spaces that are more inclusive than others, but there's just a lot of traditional theology that just like wouldn't view me as an equal person at all, an autonomous person at all. So when we talk about some of this, it can be hard to separate that out, right. Or to try to stay objective about it and not be like, right sad <laughs> right and and you know that's that's one of the other things like the validity of our our of our emotions and how god feels those things with us and so there's a lot of nuance there's so much nuance um to all of this and i think that um you know that's where you know we were talking about some sins are worse than others you know are external sins worse than the internal sins or the internal sins worse than the external are internal sins just temptation or are they actually sins and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And can you abuse someone with your mind? That's a whole other conversation. Um, because if you're abusing someone with your mind, you're abusing yourself and not loving them. And so, like, there's just all of this nuance and this crazy stuff that, like, it just forces us to think deeper. And it forces us to come to terms with who we are and who Christ says that we are and who Christ is making us to be and being formed in the image of Christ and how, you know, I don't know if Jesus thought that Nicodemus was being a butthole 
when he was asking him all those questions, you know, in the story of like, he came around the campfire and was asking Jesus like, well, how are you born twice? Can you force yourself up in the womb again? And Jesus is like, dude, you're stupid. Like you can't do that. <laughs> like, you're not getting the point of the story. Are you Nikki? And so, but then, you know, at that point we have to wonder like, you know, what, and that's why I think Paul says to, you know, go into your salvation with fear and trembling, not a fear and trembling that says you can get zapped if you do the wrong thing, but a fear and trembling that says we have so much to work on. We have so much mm. abusive tendencies to ourselves, to others, to the systematic view of it. And like those things exist. And what do we do? What do, like, there's so much pressure but then there's also the belief in the gospel that says Jesus took all of that on himself. A growth, not a fixed mindset. Exactly. Yeah. I taught that to Tom he, yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's good. And so, like, Jesus took all of that upon himself and he said, it's finished. It's over with. And so those in Jesus can now learn how to be done with it. How to be done with all of those things. How can we who have died to sin still live in it? I'm reminded of um, my, my, my friend Rob Bell again, who I've hey. never talked to, not even in the DMs, so I'm jealous. Um, <laughs> but he talked about how ultimately the, the message of the gospel is that progression and freedom from systems and freedom from cycles of... Um, harmfulness and abuse and sin are possible. Uh, yeah. The call of Abraham was a call out of was a call out of where how things had always been, where they always were, to somewhere else. Saying that, hey, your tomorrow is going to look different from your today. And mm -hmm. every time that gospel is recapitulated, and ultimately in the person and life of Jesus, this is a symbol that all, all of those cycles, all those sin, all of this everything you are not subject to live within those anymore. Yes. And it is, and it is in Christ and is through the power of God that all are called to exit from that. Mm. And that's a, that's a pretty decent base for theology. I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean that, that stems out of God is love and God is yeah. love is theology. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I think that's a perfect place to end y'all. Like this was a really good conversation. I think it, it definitely went in a different place than I thought it would, but it was a better place. <laughs> and I'm thankful for you all and, um, thankful for you listeners. Um, we, we do appreciate the five star rating. If you want to give it to us, we'll accept a four. I'd like some, some uh, comments too. Honestly, I yes. just want to know yeah. good or bad. Yeah. Comments are comments. great. Honestly, yeah. the more you flame us, the more we'll just uh, post that on our social media <laughs> for clout and then get more five-star ratings. In there. So we welcome. <laughs> or we will address you your legitimate us. concerns. Right. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, sh shoot us a DM. We promise we'll be nice. Yeah. And, and I would love to, you know, put up the, the offer of like, what are some things you all want us to talk about? Cause we, you know, we only have so many crazy awful heretical beliefs but <laughs> we've only got like 10 more episodes left if you don't say anything. <laughs> so um this is, this is coming okay. coming to a close very soon i will say this we will have a guest on the next podcast um i'm working on it 
And I don't even do we know who is. the guest is? Yeah, I think it'll be really cool. Um, so he's not answering. Our he's question. not answering. <laughs> so with that, you all already know who. Uh, Caleb. Caleb. Is it Caleb? Is it Caleb? Is it Caleb? It's gonna be Caleb. I mean, I hope so, but that's not. (laughs) (laughs) But somebody, okay. My my point is, someone different besides us will be on the podcast the next. Shaking things Uh, up. Shaking things up, and hopefully, we'll have a really good conversation around what I want to talk about with them. And so, um, anyway, what do you want to talk about? Is it? Okay. Um, all right <laughs> <laughs> anyway a jerk love you derek i love you too um and we love all of you thank you to your to our listeners and we will talk to you next time all right see y'all see love ya. y'all